What's going on, everyone, and welcome to the first installment in our off-season of One and Done in Paradise. We don't actually know if we're calling it that. <laughs> one and Done Rewind, One and Done All-Stars. Who knows what it's actually going to be, but we can tell you one thing for sure, and that it is One and Done at Sea, because he's back, baby. One hundred years before the master. <laughs> Uh, yes, we're talking about Dead Man's Chest again. We couldn't stay away from uh, such a great film. For the first one to revisit is one of the best sequels in our minds and uh, definitely a worthy installment for this club. I am uh, one of your hosts, Alden Diaz, here from Octa Radio Star Wars Podcast and many a Twitter thread. Um, I'm probably one of the most muted men in our community, and I'm comfortable with that. Uh, we also have here today, uh, fresh off a, a hard work day, Looking, looking fly in his light side Gandalf all white hoodie. There, it's uh, Reed Devaney of the Babble Bubble. It's it's interesting you say that because actually I was thinking like more light side Revan white hoodie. It's got oh, that yeah. kind of you know correct shade. I need like the brown like shoulder guards and stuff sure. and, and like and whatever that flappy thing he wears covering his crotch. And you can no, only but... be a Star Wars fan if you know who Revan is, as we know. Mm. Oh, yeah, no, no, for sure. And he has to be canon and played by Keanu or I'm going to blow up Disneyland. I wish that's something <laughs> I made up off the top of my head, but I did read that comment in uh, the KOTOR subreddit, ladies and gentlemen, where the peak of humanity lives. Oh, yeah, those are our finest, our finest citizens. Fine, out, fi the finest net netizens of the internet. Um, no, but I I'm doing well. I'm, I'm happy to be here and to, to, to swim around with the the lovely fellow mermaids on the call. Oh, that's the other pirates when we watch. Well, oh, yeah. whatever. It still still counts. That's true. Oh, yeah. People that watched our previous episode for some more pirates action, the wild card of the season, the reject that got back in was on Stranger Tides. So we did technically, this is our third pirates episode so in terms of overall yeah. content. Uh, and of course, uh, to flesh out the... Uh, the full uh, regular Trinity, the the full crew here, our our trio of, I guess Jack, Davy, and and Barbosa. It's uh, it's Nikki Kumar, the Imperial Center podcast. Yo, what's up, everyone? Hood <laughs> <Hoid> Barbosa. <laughs> yeah, what's up? Um, yeah, you know, it's 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 a pleasure to be back talking about pirates again. Pirates, I guess, is is the all star of season one. I mean, really you don't is. you don't get you don't walk out with three episodes get that rank so it's uh yeah it's super fun to talk about the we can you know talk about dead man's chest talk about on stranger tides pirates universe in general it's gonna be fun to explore that and you know and uh have have another voice chime in that's right that's right because we are expanding it was not hard. I did not need uh, circular navigational charts. I did not need a compass that <laughs> told me what I want most. I did not need a jar of dirt or any other fantastical object in the Pirates universe. I just needed one click and one DM to, I guess, the Elizabeth Swan of the crew, the Tia Dalma of the crew. Uh, I'm not exactly sure um, which of these Pirates characters she would be, but it is. Uh, the incomparable Tori Fox of the Mandatorian Creed and Creature Cartel. Hello. Lovely to be here. Very excited. I am honored that you consider me an expert. I guess I am, though, because I've watched it really many times. Um, and I would like to add that I would like to be Macus in all of this, which is the Hammerhead. I love him. 
I, I love think him. Yeah, rocks. He has a great look. We every, the best. every day I'm sad I haven't been on the Shanghai Pirates because there's like an actual animatronic of him. Really? Oh, so is the is the Shanghai version of the ride way more movie? You should look that inspired? up because that is nuts. Like oh, wow. you need to, you need to just look it up because it's it's like it's a ride that was conceived with more so just the movies in mind than like oh so just it's going not the, the classic. classic. Pirates no, of the Caribbean. You're updated. like in between oh, okay. ships that are fighting, like. But it's read. Like this a... sounds perfect for you. <laughs> I don't really want you know, me, you know me, and in, in, in a good in a good ship. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you, you know this about me, Tori. Either listening to previous episodes or just just Alden telling you a big accusation that was thrown my way while recording this season is that I would always pitch the movie that had the most action with ships involved. Whether it was the voyage okay. of the Don Treader when it came to Chronicles of Narnia, you oh, know, ho, ho. you know, I even, you know, when, when talking about what won me over for Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is there's an airship in it, and so uh, you know, true. and I do say that uh, on Stranger Tides is my least favorite pirate song because it has the least amount of ship action, you know, straight, straight and simple. So um, it doesn't actually have a ship on ship cannons battle. Um, I do want to give one Garbola shout out Farger. real quick. <laughs> Real quick to one of Tori's favorite films from our season, A Goblet of Fire. The yeah. Durmstrang students That's arrive my son. on a ship. That's my arrive boy. in a ship. Oh, my if, boy. If, if you look Everybody at... Out of the way? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Please. No, you, everyone's got to show some love for Amos please Diggory. Please continue mocking Amos Diggory is brilliant. My, my friend and I, we decided, and we actually sent this email to Ubisoft because we felt like it's the only studio that would pick it up. We pitched a film and we sent it to, we managed to find the email address for WB Media and Ubisoft for a Harry Potter MMO where one of the dungeons was you go to Amos Diggory's house. And we built the whole game like around this idea. And he had a puppet. He had an enchanted puppet that he thought was Cedric. And he'd be talking to the Cedric puppet the whole time. Like, oh, that's my boy, Cedric, my boy. <laughs> and uh, we never got a response to it. That's horrifying. I don't remember. I think wow. it was called, yeah, Harry Potter, Echoes of Voldemort. And then, of course, like, Harry Potter nerds, like, he can't be Echoes. He's dead for good. Didn't you, didn't you read the books? And like, oh, whatever. No, but anyhow. You, well, know, you should I, definitely, like, take that up with some legal team at Chris Child. Somehow. I feel like they, I feel like they read that. I feel like they read that and we're like, oh, we can we can do something with this. <laughs> we can work with it. Yeah. No, but if, if you look, you know, I'm a big fan of revisiting uh, all the stats from all the movies we've watched and so on and so forth. So before this episode, I looked at all the movie posters for all the films we watched, and there are a, many of them have a ship on the cover because you do get Goblet of Fire, the ships in the very background there. You get the ship mm. in Voyage of the Don Treader, the two. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean one we watched in yeah. Last Crusade. You do very briefly see the blimp, which does count as an airship, if you do ask me. And depending on how you define things, you could say that, you know, the Iron Man armor is a ship of its of its own, you know? I, I mean, also in uh, expansions in, of the definition. In John Wick 3, he leaves America and goes overseas. And we don't know how, so we can we don't know how. We can say it was a ship. Hey, what about a Jeta Venubian? Anubian ship, yeah, that that that's on the cut. That's on, on the poster. On the poster, a ship, a cup, a speeder. <laughs> that's a, those all count. So basically, we are bound by voyages, by, by oceans, voyages. by seas, and that's why we're celebrating Dead Man's Chest again today. It's because it's in the DNA of this show. It this shows so much about blockbuster cinema and about movies that just are arousing. Uh, fun experiences and that's kind of this whole series at its highest heights and its lowest lows no matter what your favorite or least favorite is 
they are all fun. And that's not something that a lot of franchises can say. A lot of franchises do have some installments that are just, they're irredeemably bad or they're at worst uninteresting or boring. And you can never say that for pirates. So I was telling you guys a little bit off air. I want to start with a bit of background. And actually, Tori is improving this background information portion because I didn't even think to throw to her rides expertise. So I will couple that in with oh. this question, which was heading into Pirates Dead Man's Chest in 2006. Which of you were already fans of Curse of the Black Pearl or and or alternatively with the ride as well? I know Tori grew up in Disney parks. So Tori, if you want to start that, talk to us about the ride fandom and about uh, Black Pearl and sort of how excited you were for this movie. Yeah, it's both for me, like you said. Um, I distinctly and vividly remember the first time I ever heard about Pirates of the Caribbean. I was at like a summer camp kind of thing. It wasn't really like an away camp. It was kind of like a, almost like a daycare kind of scenario. Um, but one of the older girls was like recounting, I, I will never forget, talking about the beginning scenes of Pirates of the Caribbean and like with the necklace and like Will's a young kid and Elizabeth is a kid and like that's how they meet. And then like it's years later and blah, blah, blah. Like, just hooked i hadn't even seen it i was hooked. you were like that sounds hot yeah so then i was like gotta watch this so then i watched it so obviously dead man's chest was like i was so ready at that point and it was exciting because like at that point when i had heard about pirates i think it had been out in theaters for a minute it was kind of one of those things that like i was loosely aware of so like dead man's chest was like the first one that was i was ready i was waiting i was paying attention like i'm ready to go kind of thing um, and additionally, because I was more in tune with that, it was really cool to see all the different things that they were doing for the movie. I remember my mom had a, um, they have a little uh, kind of like magazine thing that they make almost for cast members. It's called The Eyes and Ears. And there was like a cover, the really cool cover with like, uh, you know, uh, a ship being taken down by the Kraken and you've got like Will and Elizabeth and Jack's head and like I made That's an so entire cool. wall in my room this is a very long spiel I'm sorry but no no please I, <laughs> I had an first entire of all I didn't even know that there room. was an internal magazine for Disney cast members yeah really yeah cool. yeah and so uh I had an entire wall in my room that was just full of little posters like that and I like taped gold doubloons to the wall like fake gold doubloons <laughs> and then I also distinctly remember they had the Flying Dutchman in the Bahamas so if you rode on a Disney cruise, you could go and see the Flying Dutchman in person. And I was very sad because I never got to do that. But yeah, so massive fan, was very excited for it already initially. Um, and yeah, and maybe, perhaps that's maybe why partially I love the, this movie the most. But yeah, and then like you said, I'm very lucky. Both my parents have worked for Disney like my entire life. So I got to um, go on the ride quite a lot and I think it was slightly lost on me at the time. I think now I'm even more appreciative of it. But um, having been on the ride so much and then watching the first one, it was very cool to see all the different little nods to it. Like in Tortuga and some of those. Yeah, those like the, like the, the mayor in and... Tortuga. And yeah, yeah, again, very, very small things. And of course, you know, you get into the you get into the other movies and there's really not a ton of that there. And yeah. that's fine. And that's when they start retroactively changing the ride like adding jack to the ride and putting david yes, jones yeah in the they ride added and... jack i can't remember what year they added jack actually that's an interesting thought i'm gonna look that up but yeah, yeah. they added jack they i remember that jones. was a big thing i remember kids in school saying like oh like jack sparrow's in the ride now and johnny depp was there one day and like you know all, yeah, that's one of those big things and uh davy jones being there and yeah, yeah I, david I, jones was cool very exciting they had mermaids and they totally just like 
yeah so 2006 was when he was added so probably for the promotion of this movie then maybe yeah possibly honestly yeah so that was exciting yeah that was very exciting to see him on the ride and they did that whole bit where they had johnny depp actually on the ride in in disneyland or whatever yeah and they were like it's an animatronic and i was like no that's like actually the guy like what but that yeah. was back then when we would all like, yeah, Johnny. Like, yeah. <laughs> times have changed. <laughs> times is hot. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm there with you. I, I didn't have so much of the the parks attachment because we were not a, a Disney frequenting family. But I saw this film. And I said this on our episode on the same day that I saw Curse of the Black Pearl. So I was staying with my Ooh, uncle. Ooh, that's my, fun. Yeah, my uncle was like, "Hey, I'm taking you to the movies tonight, but it's it's a second one. This is that this movie is Pirates Two. He's like, so you have to watch Pirates One. So we watched it with breakfast, and then he's like, and a couple hours after we finished that, we went and saw the second one. And I was so I didn't have to wait to you know really experience the full <sighs> yeah, breadth of that story. Um, but I I mean I'll tell you for those couple hours I was. <laughs> I was on cloud nine like this is gonna be the best thing ever and I didn't grow up a pirates kid I was never a kid that was like I want to play pirates like I never played cops I never played cowboy I never played I wasn't an adventure kid because I had star wars I had, I had yeah and I you, had you went to that weird little city where children could run the town want to do city Tori want to do city <laughs> You remember one? Uh, oh, damn it. <laughs> you what the hell? Thwarted again. <laughs> so, Tori, I, I thought I want to say that we're... I played pirate all the time. I didn't play anything else. I think I only like played pirate. And Star Wars, I'm sure. <laughs> well, yeah, that's you. That's yeah. True. But like in terms of like classic sort of. Uh, yeah, I was say, yeah, that's what I was thinking of like classic things. Like I never played. Like like you said, like I was like oh, I don't need to be a police officer. I'm good. Yeah. You were a cab as a child, even even then. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, Real quick, just because they are making fun of me. I thought that you, being a Florida resident like me, would be my only hope, Obi-Wan Kenobi. My only hope. Would go hope. to the imaginary place that you just made up. And knowing about Wanadu City, I'm going to send it to you. And you will show okay. some respect. I went to, uh, there was a place called, ooh. No, I don't remember what it was called. I probably went to a place similar. I didn't go to that. But I um, went to, there was a place where it was like they had a fake grocery store and they had like a fake, um, yes. Yes. They had a fake grocery store. They had a fake like news place. Yeah, all kinds of jobs and they had yeah. money. Yeah, the whole thing. Yes. I, had, I had a savings account there. The currency oh was God. called Wonga. W A Wonga. No Wonga. A whoopie whoopie. By the way, that was a trivia question once: is how much, how many whoopie whoopie was Jar Jar going to be charged for the things that he stole? And oh boy, that was a difficult one. I think it is seven. Yeah, seven whoopie whoopie. Anyway. Let's start over to uh, let's go. Let's go read next. Read where were you at? You and Nikki are uh, in the same age bracket as us, but a little bit older. So where we have enough of an age difference. So when I was in elementary, you were in middle. When I was in middle, you were in high school. So mm-hmm. what was the uh, the feeling in two thousand six going into this movie? Okay, so this is kind of an interesting place for me in my life story. So I was born in Texas, um, but then I moved to New Jersey when I was three, and then I moved back to Texas. Uh, in 2005 and so I kind of hit and it was in the summer of 2005 so I didn't really hit the summer blockbuster season because I was still getting like I mean I think I saw Batman Begins and some other stuff but just accustomed to stuff but 2006 was like my first blockbuster season as a you know as like a full feeling like oh Austin's my home you know home once again 
And like, I had friends I could talk about it with because I didn't know anybody to talk about like Batman with because when that had, had come out or anything. But I had friends I could talk pirates with like in the Boy Scouts, I think, because I wasn't, you know, actively in school at the time because it was the summer. And uh, I was super pumped for it. It's, it's funny, the first one, uh, when that came out, uh, and this is just the case, like even today, there's a part of me that is still like an easily frightened little boy through and through. And like, I found the first one in theaters like too scary at first. It took like watching it at home to be like, it's okay. And it's really funny. Like as I was watching it, like as a, I guess I would have been, yeah, I must've been nine when the first one came out. Yeah, when I was nine, I was like, oh, Kira Knightley, she's strong. She's sticking it to the face of the bad guys. You know, she can protect me when I'm watching this film. And then you get to where you see the skeleton crew and then they're too scary for her. And I thought like, oh, it's too scary for her. It's too scary for me. She can't. And I left the, like, I literally left the theater because of it. And it took like renting it later for me to be like comfortable watching it. And so that's how I got like actually into the franchise. I had not been and still have never been to Disney. So I have no familiarity with the ride. But I do love Pirates and the Pirates aesthetic. I definitely was like, and if we're talking like imaginary play, you know, I would pay like Pirates and Romans would be my thing where like somebody would be Julius Caesar's group and the other people would be Dude, the Pirates. Is that Pirates like that, that Spike that TV kid. show? Like <laughs> you were pitting up. You Ultimate pitting... Warrior. It's oh, a great yeah. one though. C- Caesar was, was very famously captured by Pirates, a very different type of Pirates, but like I'd recreate that. Like, and we'd get some kid, like Caesar was supposedly strapped up on a crucifix, not with the nails and forced to almost drown and so I'd, we would like tie kids to whoever was on the caesar side poor poor little bastards <laughs> got like tied up to crucifixes and like we're gonna drown you like ah you know what the point you know like <laughs> oh bringing in like active like pirate stuff but no i've always i've always adored the pirate aesthetic and um i had tons of books on pirates reading pirate legends pirate history so on and so forth i have like six pirate history books i remember being very jealous uh because i went to the university of texas nikki and i did and they did not have a pirate history class, but Texas State down the road did have a pirate history class with a diving element into, like as part of it where you could get diving certified because what? one of the professors goes to the Caribbean and he dives for sunken ships. And I wrote him an email like, I'm a University of Texas student. Can I come, come uh, take your class? I'm like, sorry, this is for Texas State students only. Like, oh, you bobcats suck. Hook them horn. <laughs> like, no, no, I, didn't, I didn't send the follow-up, but I was no, really envious. Anyway. Of the- they were like, please be worse. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that there was like no option, even like I'll pay you to take it for no credit. Like I know, yeah, but no, it just seems so fascinating. Yeah, they would like dive into the river in San Marcos, and then the students would spend the second half of the semester because like a summer class, like going to the Caribbean and diving for ships. I thought that's why is there no like apprenticeship for shipbuilding? Those people still have to be out there, right? Oh no, there is. Oh, yeah, really? I, yeah. If you go up to like the northeast, there's shipbuilding. Uh, a good family friend of mine did shipbuilding uh, apprenticeship up in either Maine or New Hampshire. So yeah, it's cool stuff. Well, damn, that's rad. Going whaling, boys. That's rad. I know, Nikki. <laughs> Nikki, you gotta. You got to tell me about when you almost drowned a neighborhood kid now. <laughs> there was no water. Involved. The water was imaginary. We oh, did not sure it was. I'm going to look up your case files later about local uh, missing kids in the Austin area. Yeah, circa in 2006. Some, tr- some true detective level shit. This kid <laughs> crucified children. A crucified drown. child with, with all of that water <laughs> swelling and everything unrecognizable with barnacles on his face. Uh, wow, that got really dark really fast. Uh, no, it's not barnacles on the face. He's got that missing like suction face from the movie. Oh, from the Kraken. When, yeah, what do you Yeah, when gotta... Will when Will first turns the guy over. That is one of the scariest scenes in my childhood. That no face guy, terrifying. 
that's, that's, a good, that's a good jump scare. I'm sure plenty of popcorn was spilled on that. Oh, for sure. So, uh, Nikki, what about you? Where are you at at this point in time going into this uh, highly anticipated sequel that I might add had many, many different avenues of promotion, if anyone wants to touch on that too. I mean, if you were a Disney Channel kid, every other break was promo for this movie and, you know, different little Living things, so. for it, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I wasn't a Disney Channel kid, unfortunately. <laughs> so I'll take your word for Nikki's it. Nikki's like, I wasn't a fucking idiot. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Nikki's an educated man. This is a PBS hey. kid right over PBS here. PBS kids, for kid, sure. Fucking Masterpiece Theater. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, when was Wishbone's episode on Advanced <laughs> Chess? Um, but anyway, yeah, I guess my, my I'm kind of front-loaded with Pirate's Love um, because... 2003 happened. I was 11. I saw that shit opening weekend, and Curse of the Black Pearl changed my life. Like the rest, like the rest of the year, at least until like Return of the King. But like, you know, this this whole vibe of it was like the perfect summer movie. It was I, like to this day, it's probably still my favorite movie with Disney slapped on the title somewhere. Like. It's, it was just a perfect experience, um, the first one. And everything was pirates. I, I, like, yeah, I need the pirates costume. I need, uh, I need Captain Brickbeard, the Lego pirate ship. Like, just give me all the pirate stuff. I remember we went on a road trip um, that summer after the movie came out. And we, <laughs> we ended up in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. <laughs> I've been to Myrtle Beach. Yep. And there was, there was a little... I don't even know what it was. It was like, you know, like a haunted house ride at like a fair. You just sit in the yeah. car and go around. It was something like mm-hmm. that, but it was called like Pirates of the Carolinas or something. And I was like, have to go on it. Have to. <laughs> and I bugged my mom, parents. Mom, yeah. this is going to be the best thing ever. <laughs> they wouldn't take me. And I bugged <gasps> them for didn't. four days. Oh my gosh. Or three days. I bugged them for three days. And on they the third day, you? they finally broke. They finally broke. Oh, thank God. God. I was about and to say, I was like, like you got to bring, bring this up at the next family dinner. Shut up. Not yeah. unlike the mast of the pearl, they broke. It happens Absolutely. to the best of us. <laughs> yeah, Put that, up a good fight. It's that one uh, cannon with the oh. chain between it and, you know, <laughs> it breaks the mast. Um, yeah, so it finally went on that. And then I remember reading, like, the junior novelization for the movie. And it was just, yeah, every single thing. Every single thing was, oh, what, what are we playing today? Oh, we're playing pirates today. Oh, I, I'm Jack. I'm Jack. You're, you're Will. You're, uh, you're uh, Elizabeth. And it, like, it was just, <laughs> just like, it was like the most, one of the most immersive childhood experiences. And so when, so when 2006 rolled around and now I was going into high school, um, when this, um, Dead Man's Chest came, I think, I, 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 was, I remember being excited, but I think by the time I walked out of Dead Man's Chest, I realized I got everything I needed from Curse of the Black Pearl. Like, emotionally, spiritually, cinematically, like, I just, uh, ecumenically, um, I got it all from Black Pearl, and I guess it was a long three years for me, um, and things changed, I got older, I separated, and I think... Started dating, started doing all kinds of cool <laughs> shit. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. Um, but, but yeah, like I've I, just grown beyond pirates. So I just, you know, I just. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just like I got 
the first one just gave me everything and I didn't I didn't not like it I just I just wasn't married to them at all and that has continued like all of them are like that right they all exist on a fun plane but occupy little headspace for you it's like the one great one and then a bunch of them are varying degrees of fun and good or okay yeah like yeah and it's like it's like i don't i don't like even like i don't dislike any of them Mm -hmm. really it's just like um they they yeah they just didn't grab they weren't what i needed when they came out i I was you know more into other things i guess so sure it so yeah it's always been like an interesting thing to rewatch them because i I, I know I don't have that same connection that a lot of fans do, but they're still like wildly enjoyable. <laughs> no, totally understand all that. Uh, and that was something that we talked about a lot in our commentary. So if you happen to be listening and you didn't check that out, um, you could go on a journey with the three of us as we'd sort of um, explored reasons why we picked this one. A lot of which was that of, you know, Nikki really loving that first one, Reed and I uh, loving two and three more than maybe Nikki did, but, agreeing that two was sort of uh the tipping point of the franchise mm-hmm. not in quality but in terms of leaning full on into its own mythos where that first one has the one aztec gold curse and the one supernatural element and then this is the one that kicked down the door and established oh no this world has different mythologies magic is everywhere <laughs> yeah it's tons of different like Oh, Bootstrap Bill Turner. Oh, he's alive. Oh, Divi Jones. Oh, he's over here. Oh, there's also a voodoo priestess and oh, she's over Barbosa here. Oh, Barbosa showed up. Oh, here's the compass. Exactly. Like everything. Yeah, exactly. Even elements that we'd already seen, like the compass, are recontextualized as magic now. Um, Jack uh, being the actual captain is put in the context of this, this deal with the devil that he made with Davy. Um, so let's sort of kick down the door of this movie, um, which really is sort of that focal point. Because by the time you get to three, Three just goes, but that's my favorite. Three goes bananas, bananas with the lore and, and as, as big as it can be for this world. Um, but for Dead Man's Chest, Tori, let's start off uh, again, sort of going at this with no, no script, no plan. But uh, recently I, I found good success. We had a Star Wars conversation recently where I thought it was fun to talk about uh, the moments that stand out for you, the, the, you know, the, the one thing that stands out when you think about dead man's chest, where does your brain go immediately? And we can see where that conversation takes us as our like the visiting thing? expert. It could be like a group of characters. It, could, it doesn't have to be one literal okay. one, but okay. when I say dead man's chest, <clears throat> your brain goes where? Um, everything having to do with like Davy Jones and his crew. That is like my favorite part. I think that's why I like the movie so much. I think, uh, Davy Jones is probably one of my favorite villains po- possibly ever. I don't know. He's he just, I mean, you look at him, he slaps. Like, he's just great. Um, he's terrifying. He's a really cool accent. His look is incredible. Everything around Davy and his crew and his ship and the chest and the necklace and, like, everything is so well designed and so cool looking. And, like, that's obviously, like, I really enjoy really fun visuals and and really good design and so like I am just I'm obsessed with all of that um also I would say like part of the moments that really because I actually rewatched it today because I was like let me just you know let me just see you know um so like the part all that right always... everybody everybody who 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 else rewatched 
Let's let's all admit that Tori was the only one. I'm a nerd. <laughs> but, uh, but I also watch it all the time anyway. So no, of course. Anyway. This is like asking you to eat your favorite food or you know, drink your favorite drink. Um, so, yeah. So, I, th- I would say, like, adding on to that in terms of, like, moments, maybe, um, I am very much I, – I would say the things that really stick out to me are, like, his intro scene is so good. Um, his whole little do you fear death speech that is – and also the uh, Death's kiss. the peg leg that's kind of submerged in the water, uh, the crab leg. I think that that was a trailer shot, and I was just like, "What is happening?" This movie. <laughs> I can't remember what movies would have had this in two thousand five. Maybe Batman Begins or Fantastic Four. Maybe one of those had it. What Maybe Goblet of Fire alive. had it. Um, but I remember seeing this trailer in theaters and just being like, "Jesus, like that looks unreal," and it still does. He still looks unreal. That's, yeah, exactly. He still looks incredible. Like, he still holds up today. Like, I wouldn't, I, I think if, if this movie came out now, I, I mean, I'd shudder to think about what discourse would arise, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that. The Elizabeth Love Triangle discourse would be Oh my God, right? Oh my God. <laughs> it would be horrible today. People would be going to war over who and what her whole deal is which I think that I mean that is actually a, I would say aside from that I really enjoy that entire dynamic of her and Jack and Will like it's very fascinating um but yeah he looks incredible like if that movie came out today I still it would be I wouldn't bad an eye at it like it's just it's literally perfect everything about him is so good um but so yeah so his like introductory scene I think is super super great um another part I really enjoy the part um where it's like right towards the end, right before our big like you know Kraken moment, uh, with the Kraken kind of just shoving itself up in the ship and like wrecking everything. Um, and it's that uh, I really enjoy like the musical moments uh, of this franchise. Like they're just the music is just also one of the best things I think about it. Um, and I really enjoy the kind of it, it's. I'm not good at describing music, so I'm sorry. Um, it's it's kind of a more epic, like, it's more tied into, like, the feel of, like, the main music of the franchise, but they combine it with the notes of Davy Jones, um, like, his little theme, his little, like, locket theme, and that is playing when the Kraken is just going to town on the ship, and I just, it's very good. <laughs> it's very good. It's very epic. Um, so yeah, so I would say that's definitely my favorite part. I've always been like, clearly, like I said, I know the, I know the freaking Hammerhead's name. I love, I love all of them. I think they all are so well thought out and so freaking cool. Um, yeah, it's such a like design feast there, like the crew. Um, and it must've been, and they brought it. Yeah. It must've been so much fun to like be in that team and decide which, sea creatures are gonna be who and like that that would have been a real blast I think that's that's certainly like some of the fun things and I I like the I like that you mentioned the Kraken because when I think about like the moment like if I had to pick like one moment I think for me it's that first Kraken attack where that one is like that one feels like scary and I like yeah. that goes, that almost sends me to like Reed's point where he was like, I don't like these ghosts. Like, for, <laughs> for me, I, I'm not, certainly not alone in this. I have, I have a huge drowning thing. Like, no, oh, it's, you, ter- right? it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, um, it's a terrifying way to die. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And so like the idea of sea monster, like taking you, um, I was like, yeah, epic. No, thanks. And I always remember that shot of when like Will's in the water and he sees like the full thing underneath the ship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <sighs> 
Gigantic fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) One of the best looking CG elements. Yeah. The way that that suction cut moves, it's like, I swear to God, they actually just filmed a giant squid. Like, it just looks so creepily real. Yeah. But yeah, and and then the like the summoning, like ritual of the kraken as well is oh, great. You mean with one of my favorite quotes of all time? Please, <laughs> please go for no it. joyful voice be heard. <laughs> <laughs> Let no mother son look up into the sky with hope. <laughs> That's you before you drop a thread. Oh yeah, every time, every time I tweet, it's with that exact energy. I mean, we we not to go completely off into a different topic other than that stuff, but the. In terms of Davey, the Liar's Dice, which Tori was tweeting about today, the entire game of Liar's Dice that they play, uh, gambling with years of service, when Will wins the game, and Davey's like, Mr. Turner, feel free to go ashore. (laughs) The next time we make port. (laughs) He's he's so legitimately enjoying his power trip. Even though he is a tortured character, like he's not without comedy. Oh, he that's has what a good that's what that's time. Barbosa and Davy. Like they all have comedy in these movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just a great. It's a great formula. Like, it's it's what makes it's what makes you want to keep like watch them again and again because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, characters are not boring. <laughs> certainly, certainly not in the first three. <laughs> maybe, maybe four. You might encounter some people. You're like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, like uh, homeboy, the uh, the missionary. Our missionary guy. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey guy. now. He's a little, hey. Don't know. Don't forget the, the. He's a little bear. He's a little the, bear. The mermaid who went forty minutes without speaking. Um, Serena or whatever. Serena, yeah. Who's Meanwhile, got the four lines in the whole movie. I mean, the weird thing about that movie that we discussed is that you have this the first mermaid who sings the beautiful song and is like really captivating, and then she's not the mermaid that is in the rest of the movie. And the, yeah. the mermaid in the rest, though, you don't like her. I think she's fine. I'm I just think angry because really I never got resolution on that. Like, did she eat? And I guess that's maybe part of the point. She but like, did she eat him or did they make out? Like, which one is it? She dragged him straight to pagan hell. It's a, it's a choose your own adventure. Like, whatever which one you is feel it? I must best. know. It's either very shape of water or very um, what's that? The the shallows <laughs> or, or, or the light or the lighthouse. Spoilers for the lighthouse, I guess. Oh yeah, the lighthouse. Uh, yeah. There is a let mermaid me, featured in the film. But, let yeah. me tell you why they didn't show what happened in that <laughs> versus why we do see what happens in Shape of Water. Look at the release years. Look at who was president when both of those films came out. In Shape of Water, you know we were living during. Say the words. Say the words. Forty five's administration. We needed to see something good happen. Nope. But you know, in on Stranger Tides, that's Obama, Obama era complacency. Complacency. Yep. Where we were fine. We were fine seeing that happen. You know, because we thought, oh, it's a post-racial America, a black man's president. Look how wrong we were. <laughs> Look how wrong we were. And they're not showing us what the mermaid did because we could get away with that kind of storytelling back then because everything seemed fine to dandy. Just seeing Tori's face during this whole Obama bit <laughs> Sorry, is like, I, this is a bit, I, like, Tori. Break, I just want you to know. I want you to edit this out. No, I just got my COVID test results. So I was like. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Well, oh, okay. the time, it timed out well. Yeah, it looked like I'm you were negative, just like, baby. oh, God, I'm still listening, talking about though, Obama? Of course. I'm um, just listening, of course. Um, but... <laughs> so glad you're negative. That's Thank you, wonderful. <laughs> but yeah, so so like with with that stuff, like with them looking for the key for the dead man's chest, establishes that Jack's compass is of note with 
new villain, Lord Cutler Beckett. Tori signaling. All right, me. I forgot to throw something in there. This movie has no, one please. of the best openings, too. Like the oh, wedding with the, opening the with the rain wedding. and the teacups and like... Very dark. Mm. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. And like oh, the marching I mean, through the streets and now they're arrested. And best Will Turner outfit, drama. too. We never oh, see a hat that he yeah, has. Oh, so. oh, yeah. That's a great outfit. And uh, yeah, and Cutler Beckett's introduction is fantastic, um, giving you the East India Trading Company as this big sort of empire, uh, sort of, uh, you know, big uh, corporate villain, um, but that is also corporate. dabbling in, you can tell, in the, in the dark magic of this world. Cutler Beckett obviously knows a lot. Cutler Beckett, we know from other stuff, is the one that branded Jack Pirate, so they go back. And Beckett sort of has that. Is it in this movie where he has? Oh, no, it's in the third one. Well, I'll say it anyway. In the third one, he has one of my favorite lines, which is, the Dutchman will do as its captain commands. And its captain will do as commanded. He is every middle management gone wild. He is awful, <laughs> like, yeah. His death scene, though, is like also one of the best scenes oh, ever. Oh, it's so Him walking good. down the stairs, being just like blown to, sm- yeah, blown to just, pieces. God. It's just I, was in a, um, good business. I was in an animation class uh, in high school when that movie came out. And I remember in class watching like the VFX reel um, for that scene. And like all the other scenes, but I remember that scene particularly. And like, what you know, you know how they do it? It's all like sped up and then slow down, and it's like all the like layers and watching the splinters like blow so up on the banisters. Wood and yeah. good. smoke, oh. but yeah. So we get all those elements. We get uh, Tia Dalma, um, the the Pelagostos with the whole. And this is something that I figured out after the fact that I put together in my brain. I can't believe I never put it together. This movie blatantly foreshadows Calypso in the third movie by having Gibbs say that the Pelagostos tribe think that Jack is a god in human form and that they want to set him free and all this stuff. And then in the third movie, that is part of the third act plot and, yep. and also shot at the same time. And Also, the, I heard I heard it was because uh, Davy Jones fell in love with the sea. And she's like, no, a woman. And he's like, but I heard it was the sea. And she was a like, woman. Story different all, all are true. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was a woman. I mean, you know me, that's kind of my favorite thing. It's like my jam. It's kind of why like my favorite Star Wars things are like Rogue One and Solo and stuff like that. Like stuff that's really expanding um, different pieces of the universe. So I I think it's incredible. And it's probably, it probably is why I think again, like Davy Jones is such a integral part of like my parts of the Caribbean experience for so many reasons. But I think that I really enjoyed seeing um this expansion and with that you know more of elizabeth and will's expansion into this world right like this is kind of like of course they did some bad stuff but they were still kind of kind of trying to return back to normal and this is kind of like that point of no return well guess we're in this kind of like moment for them too so i think it's cool to see kind of their journey expand as well Mm -hmm. yeah one thing i liked a lot about it and this is something i've 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 talked about a lot on on my own show and on this one as well is how you know we were definitely in this this time between 2005 and and 2015 where sure you had star wars contents in the books and the animated show and everything like that but there is a star wars filled hole in your heart and pirates specifically this film because it's the very next year after revenge of the sith comes in to be like oh, you missed a shit ton of having a shit ton of lore thrown into your face? Well, here you go. Here's something brand new you can dive into uh, because 
you know, Lord of the Rings, there's, there's no more of those coming out. There's no more Star Wars coming out. And of course, that turned out not to be the case later on. But at the time, it's like you're fishing for something, sticking with the water theme here. You know, you've cast the net. Like, I want something to, I want to catch something that, that strikes that same sort of world-building chord. And like Pirates of the Caribbean was just there, ready for the taking. I loved having that. So it's like, talk about for, for the right time, right place, you know. Like I said, I was younger than Nikki at this time. I know he's getting all the ladies in high school. So it just was, that was filling his Star Wars hole there in his heart. But, you know. 100%. No, I super agree with that. It's so funny you bring that up because earlier today when I was watching the movie and I was thinking about the time frame, like this was, like I was really obsessed with Star Wars growing up, but this was like, <clears throat> I think one of my first really big obsessions was Pirates of the Caribbean. And I totally think it was because prequel time happened and I was still kind of young I was super into that but then you're right we had this break of like well there's no more Star Wars like what is it what Mm. is the thing that's going to fill this void for me storytelling wise and this was totally it yeah yeah that again like (laughs) I don't have too much to add because too busy making out with girls yeah too busy (laughs) um because yeah like like I said I mean I got I got what I needed out of the first one so when it comes to like the expansion how do I feel like I I didn't like have much an opinion and and yeah like for me this this that void was filled by halo by harry potter very big universes with like that was my my lore fix um so yeah it's just like i didn't i think like my appreciation for what how pirates expands comes down a lot like visual choices and and stuff like that less so than you know building out the the universe just it's it's a more like material thing for me um because like like we've mentioned earlier just the the sort of the fun and skill involved in defining the crew with with the different creatures and and then just like yeah cool locations like like one of my favorite spots in in two is is the, the whatever the i guess it's like a prison that jack is like uh, the beginning? gets out of yeah yeah that we like yeah, never yeah. know fully what the heck just, that was just hinted like, at the scariest horror. Thing you've ever yeah. <laughs> yeah the guy getting his eye picked out like yeah like i i my sort of expansion of that extends into the yeah sort of like the more like visual craft of it and and yeah like davies um you know un, unrivaled sort of cg appearance and stuff so so yeah it's like but it's like the lore it's, it's kind of like it's one of my things it's like it's not what i needed and it's it's part of why um i think the first it's it's why like in my head i go more one to four because it's like i like those sort of separate adventures kind of thing and not not the vast right. world building um like like four to me is is more the spiritual successor of one um because it's like it sort of feel it sort of feels like where it left off like the promise of adventure and then yeah but how did barbosa come back you very clearly died in one now he's back in four what's going on man you gotta you you gotta you gotta answer the question i said spiritual (laughs) somehow (laughs) barbosa has returned that's actually Um, exactly what happens too he literally it's the least defined return ever in movies and no one nobody questions it why because got the body (laughs) yeah there's there's no no explanation um but yeah it's yeah the 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 like massive world building is not what i needed but it's certainly fun to watch 
but it's what you got, Nikki. So thank you. Boom. <laughs> Loser. No. Uh, it, it, it does bring up an interesting point, which is aside from expanding the world, you could argue that there's that inverse relationship where, yes, the world gets bigger, but the stakes get more personal because there's another side character introduced. Lots of character development. And yes. that is a, a bootstrap bill. Bootstrap bill, you're a liar. Um, I, <laughs> I See, love... I, don't like, I don't like him coming back. See, exactly. Yeah, you I'm, talked about this on the episode, yeah. yeah. Right. Bootstrap That's comes back, and then you get Tia Dalma with the a touch of destiny that Will Turner is not just the son of a pirate they knew that he is becoming the mythic hero of these movies where Jack, Jack is always the a player because that's a real world aspect too, that we can talk about is that Jack in the first film gets nominated for an Academy award as a supporting performance. Like he was like the modern Han Solo is what I've always said. He's not the guy, but he's the guy. And this one is like, he was so popular that they cranked all the Jack all the way up while also making Will this important sort of character with lineage that had his own uh, dad trauma coming up to the surface. So how did that all play for you? Anyone that wants to jump in and talk about it. Nikki has opinions. What's up? You want to go first? <laughs> oh, but I, I've already explored mine. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's great. You already talked about it in the other one. Okay, fine. I mean, I, I like hearing you talk about it. The thing that keeps like, the word that keeps coming to mind is like balance. Like I'm very impressed with the balance of giving like Will, Elizabeth and Jack kind of their own time in this movie and giving them all their own kind of personal journeys and changing and all of that. And so I think that's, that's the number one thing that sticks out to me when you're talking about all that is like, I guess that's, I guess that's why I like these movies so much. I think they do a pretty good job of balancing a lot of different characters and That's I don't true. feel, I don't necessarily feel like anybody kind of got, you know, the short end of the stick on that, you know? That's a good point. And it's something that a, a friend of ours and, and friend of both of our podcasts, uh, Nick Tierce, uh, I, he's talked about how the writers of these, he got, that guy knows everything, first of all. He's one of the, one of the smartest guys. Um, Ted Elliott and Terry Rosio that wrote these movies, they coined this, uh, instead of the Campbell structure that Star Wars sort of has of, you know, the, the hero's journey and all that, that these are what they call the mosaic structure of all these different things sort of coming together. And without them doing things like um, Shrek and Pirates and a lot of the movies that they wrote that is about establishing like all these characters at once, like you really don't get to something probably like an MCU pulling off the Avengers in the same way because Elizabeth is on her own arc in two and three, like Jack and, and Will are, um, where he or she strikes out on her own and gets into that side adventure on Tortuga and, and on that, that uh, trader ship where she has to trick them into thinking that it's haunted and um, the stuff with Norrington being on his small redemption arc, which leads to his I death. I think we three. haven't talked about Norrington yet. This is muddy, sexy Norrington. This is drunken Norrington, broken Norrington. I have seen the argument, which I kind of am starting to understand as I get older now of like, a lot of people are like Norrington, man, like, why did we sleep on Norrington? Like, because we, we were rooting for Jack. That's the only reason. That's nothing to do with Elizabeth. <laughs> That's the only. No, reason. no. I mean, like, I mean for for Elizabeth. You were rooting no, for Jack. You were no, rooting no, no. for Will. No, 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 no. That's what I mean. Is that I, I, I'm agreeing with you. Like, I don't think that people gave Norrington his uh, 
his due as That's a potential saying, partner. Because it was a Will Jack thing. Yeah, yeah Exactly, I because we were like, well, he's a villain, so he can't be with this this woman, even though Norrington's really not he a villain. He loved her so he's, much, he's man. He risked it all like, <laughs> time and time again. Ugh. All oh, Norrington my. was trying to do is have a peaceful uh, port of harbor there at Port Royal. That's all he was trying to do. Have a nice, have a nice girl. The I like thing... Muddy. I like Muddy more at Norrington, though. He's the one that I'm referring to, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It might, it definitely not Norrington with the with the wig. This is Norrington who wants the promise of redemption, as he calls it. Uh, the great Jack Davenport there in this role. So, um, anyone else want to talk about any of this stuff with Bootstrap or any of the new storylines that we have going on here? And you really want us to talk about bootstrap. You know, you keep mentioning it. Ever since know, it's like, like, like Nikki okay, we'll shut down the subject. <laughs> uh, you know, I will, I will say this, this about, about bootstrap. Um, it's a very eerie character design. And I think what's so cool about it is while everybody else has been, you know, transfigured into sea creatures, he has, it's relatively minimalist, but it's the colors that get me. It's the fact that his skin is this, yeah, with with the green and the blue. And it's just like from a work of makeup, you know, they had everybody else like, okay, have the animation, the CGI department go full out. But they had like the MUAs like go full wild for bootstrap build. And I love that, that that's what makes him a different character because you want him to show that, oh, well, he is more human than the others because he still has this connection Mm -hmm. to his son. And we're going to both show that to you with how he appears. We're going to you know see that he does have that you know, that lock and I, I think that's just super cool it's just, it's just a nice little uh little subtle detail i think it's a great introduction in the movie too which, very cool yeah and speaking of introductions and this is not to speak poorly of a film that a lot of people speak poorly of but i think all of us here at least enjoy if not love to a certain degree is in the um you know, in the Rise of Skywalker, I mean, you see the villain. Oh, Tori hates the Rise of Skywalker. Oh, there we go. Okay, so <laughs> they're perfect. So I, I, I'm just preaching to the choir. I was like, he's going to say it, isn't he? Right after he said, I think we all love it. <laughs> well, there there we go. So We, not the guest. No. <laughs> the, re, the, 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 the full-time. The, 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 full-time, full-time group. The, the full-time host of the show. Um, but, like, how you do see, like, Palpatine, like, straight from the get-go. And I do think there's something that's kind of underwhelming about it. And yeah, true, you know, we knew he was coming because of the promotional materials and everything, but still like I, and I, I'm not saying like, oh, this, I would rework the script or anything, but just personal preference, I would have liked if he had shown up later. And I, I think this film does that so well waiting for the reveal. I think Curse of the Black Pearl does a good job too before you see Barbosa. It's not as long of a holding your breath, but it does yeah. take a while. Too, yeah. You know, they do a good job before you introduce the villain. They do the same thing. Especially with, with that whole sequence of like on the Black Pearl of her so being good. chased by different pirates before he comes out of his office. Like uh-huh. that's the whole. And cho- choosing to be like, I'm the gentleman captain. Uh, mm-hmm. But then you realize he's just as it's, barbaric as the rest of It's pretty of much them. act two, like when he shows up. Yeah, and same with, um, yeah. uh, which one called On Stranger Tides. Like you don't oh, Blackbeard, see yeah. Blackbeard show up until they're well into well into the film. So that's the one that say the first, the second, and the fourth do really well. Whereas like the fifth, I need to think of the timeline. You get to see Salazar fairly fairly early with uh, Jack Sparrow. Do you know this pirate? <laughs> Can you think Will you tell them, please, <laughs> please? <laughs> Gotta love the Barcelona list. But um, let's talk about an introduction in, in a Star Wars <laughs> film that we all dunk on. But Tori loves. We'll go for the exact inverse, which is in Rogue One. Uh, Borg and- Gullet. Talk about waiting, Borg holding your breath for the villain. Borg Gullet. <laughs> Borg. I was just. Borg Gullet. 
Do you know this? Do you know this pirate? I stand by Borgullet, okay? I, I know we've told Alden this, but I don't know if Alden's passed it to you or if Nikki's told you as well, that the single greatest celebration cosplay was at Celebration Orlando. There was a guy going as Borgullet. That's cool. I almost, I actually really, it was on my list one year. It was one of the contenders for my uh, Star Wars race outfit. I did not go with it though, but maybe in the future. Yeah, I was just being, I was just being shitty. Uh, no, I know. I don't really care. I don't, I, don't no, no, I, I was just being shitty and then it froze on me. It was like the internet punished me for being <laughs> shitty. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, but, yeah, but I am not joking. We all, this is the, the Rogue One, the Rogue One. It's on the uh, bottom of all of our lists, I Hades believe, right? Club. But. I believe you still love me, though, right? Well, <laughs> same question. We, <laughs> we all have Last Crusade as our number one indie, so that's a good. That's, yeah, okay, okay, all right, we can all, all right. agree. Indie, indie unites. That is the best one. That was your um, favorite, Nikki. I thought you said your a different one was your favorite. No, no, okay. no I mean, Nikki's the Last Crusade. Well, Nikki can't like Temple of Doom because it's an affront to. Yeah, to, 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 to I can <laughs> only half like it. Yeah, exactly. But, which is also funny. I, I do enjoy white people being more offended at Temple of Doom than I am. <laughs> well, white people always have to claim your causes, as we've talked about many yeah, times. Exactly. This is, this on, is appropriate this is, trauma. On the reverse, I do love the, and now we're just going totally, you know, off top. I don't know if you've ever, like, seen like the, the there's a subreddit for and other trends and whatnot, like as a black man, where it's people who are like post white people posting pretending to be like, <laughs> oh no minority but they forgot to log out of their white person account yeah yeah candidates like as a black man president trump really cared for me and it's like representative so and so or like one guy forgot to log into he was in multiple accounts for a single thread he's like well as a southeast indian and then well as someone from thailand you know and absolutely bananas how awkward yeah um but yeah, I'll just find some sort of edit points instead of us. But yeah, uh, I completely agree with you on, on the introduction of Bootstrap, where it is sort of like that tightrope walk. A lot of these characters of Cutler Beckett and Tia Dalma and Bootstrap, they all sort of, none of them really have build up outside of you knowing who Bootstrap was from the first movie, but they all just kind of pop into the movie at the right times and they all work. Mm-hmm. Like Bootstrap showing up with the, you know, time's up, Jack. You know, like, and you're, that immediately tells the, the viewer, like, oh, shit. Like, so he was on borrowed time in the first one. Like, that that adds some momentum to the story. And uh-huh. then the Tia Dalma stuff is just this way of kind of like in Star Wars. Like, there's a side character out there who's just so part of this world. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Gibbs is a great character for that, too, where he does not want to go visit her. And since Gibbs knows everything, that that tells you like when Gibbs is shaken, you know, like uh, with all his catchphrases, like spank me twice and hand me to me mama. <laughs> like all the stuff that Gibbs says. Like... Or like them in the boat where he's like, well, if you believe in that. <laughs> yeah. About... If you believe in such things. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. He's really underrated. Um, Gibbs is a great character. Yeah, for sure. So let's, uh, let's dive into uh, moments of action, I think is a great overall topic where ooh, ooh. anybody could jump in. Ooh, ooh. Uh, Tori, you're, you're over oh. there, you're dancing, you're dabbing. What sticks out to you and why is it the three-way duel at the end of the movie? Uh, actually, it's not funny. Um, <sighs> not we'll saying there. it's not good. No, I'm not kidding. saying it's I'm not kidding. good. Okay. Um, like I said before, I really enjoy the um, 
Kraken scene with like the music um, where it's tearing apart and it's very very much like the Davy Jones like locket kind of theme but um, when you say like action I think one of the things about this movie as well for me is the just the ingenuity like I I think I really enjoy the movies as a a whole because there's a lot of really clever like fighting and stuff going on so I always think of the wheel the wheel mm. on the island that they get to um, where they're literally just sword fighting as this massive like mill wheel <laughs> it's just rolling them around like hamsters like I just think that's <clears throat> I just think that's so clever and I think when I think of pirates that's probably one of the more memorable duels for me because I just it's the weirdest thing ever like who thought of this but it's genius mm-hmm. and it's so fun yeah if, yeah. I, if I may jump off of that point <clears throat> I, yeah the way that the that the uh, the characters interact with the environment around them throughout the whole franchise is super cool you know and like how it's the wheel is like a more like balls to the wall evolution of the mill fight that we first see in the or i guess the blacks mm. in, in, in the forge fight that we see between you know will and, and and jack and like even the fight you know at the bar in tortuga making use of the stairs running around swinging around it's a really oh, interesting a choreography good call that, yeah. You know, that even though it is a, uh, you know, it's a swashbuckling, you know, pirate movie where you have a guns and swords involved in this kind of, you know, very Western, you know, presenting setting, it rings true to a lot of the more like campier Kung Fu movies that come out of Hong Kong. I don't know how much of that was studying it exactly, but like you watch like early Jackie Chan movies and how Jackie would play off his environment such as like in drunken master and what we later see in like his more like mainstream western movies such as like uh, the white tuxedo or rush hour or you know shanghai noon shanghai night and using the space in a unique way and you see that and i'm, I'm just naming jackie chan because that's a popular well-known one but if you watch a lot of like the great kung fu movies it's let's use the space in an interesting way things that aren't supposed to move out of this like mm. structure are going to move and we're going to fight in it I mean, that's, that's just so super true. cool. That is like, oh God, that's such a good point. And I can't believe I've never heard a Pirates review or discussion where someone's talked. Like, I would love to ask Gore Verbinski, like, how much Chinese Hong Kong cinema were you watching? Because that's like police story. Like, the oh, Japanese, yeah. It's, like, it's, all it's that incredible stuff. how similar. And like, yeah, it's, it, likewise, I've never heard anyone make like the connect. I've just like talked about it with friends or people who are, yeah. are more into martial arts movies or whatnot, like seeing the similarities. And I don't know like who the it's choreographer so, is or anything. And it's about levels too, right? Like you're saying mm-hmm. like in Tortuga, that stairs, you're following one character who has his own goal, which is Jack mm-hmm. trying on new hats throughout the fight. <laughs> and then everyone else has their own goals, Elizabeth and Norrington, which are back, you know, on the first level. So you're tracking mm-hmm. this fight up and down throughout this building and it throws it all the way back. You know, Hong Kong cinema takes a lot of inspiration from like uh, early slapstick, like Buster Keaton, Char- Charlie mm-hmm. Chaplin, like 20s cinema of like American fighting. I mean, we've we've taken it back now a little bit to that, like with like John Wick, like really like keeping the camera on. But American action movies are normally just shoot 'em ups, whereas mm-hmm. this is like every object is in play, every hallway is in play. Like mm-hmm. we're sort of getting back to that, and it's a great point that you see even later on. Um, a moment that I love is while the it's either right after or while the the wheel is spinning on on the island, but you have the uh, 
Elizabeth, uh, Pintel, and Rigetti all fighting Davies oh, guys, and they're all saying, sword, 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 and they're yeah, throwing each other because they only have two, and they're using the dead man's chest to bash people, and mm-hmm. it's a really, really clever... The chest is really, really cool, yeah. And yeah. I always think of Seashell Guy always pops in my head. What's his name? I hate name? him so much. It's it my like least a favorite. Like a pee. Out. He says, like, it starts with, like, a pee or something, but yeah, they, like, knock his head off with the chest. And, and he's like, hey, over here! Aido! Aido! <laughs> <laughs> uh nikki what what in your brain sticks out i know you you talked a lot about the action in that first um kraken scene and then of course there's also the the last kraken scene which mm-hmm. um has tons of stuff as well so wh- wh- what comes to your brain first yeah yeah i think for me it's still definitely just that first kraken scene i think just stands out the most to me um i don't particularly like the the wind or the mill fight wheel thing mm. um but yeah, I think I think for me, what what I like about the, <laughs> the Kraken is just it's it, it's it feels like it leans so into like horror, mm-hmm. um, and and it's because it's not really like an action sequence, like it's it's really like a disaster sequence, you know? Yeah. Like it's um, I think yeah, that dread is what what stuck with me, and I think that's that's why I think of that because I I attach a like really strong emotion to it, and I don't feel as emotionally grounded in the other fights to mm. me they just feel spectacly mm-hmm, and like yeah. that's kind of it um, that's fair yeah so that. like yeah like like for me like I, again like when i say like the first one gave me everything i needed like to me those fights are, are perfect because they like i really felt the stakes in those and they they were so like i didn't think they like sacrificed um character for being super flashy and just the like i I love the the fighting in the moonlight and like coming in and out of the moonlight and changing ghosts Mm -hmm. to human ghosts like that's that's so cool to me um so yeah like it's it's just kind of like uh it's it's sort of like everything with these sequels for me it's just like a like it's, it's gonna sound really harsh i don't mean it to be as harsh as it sounds but like narratively they function as fanfic to me like i just don't I don't think about them on the same level as the first one. Um, Sky. Yeah. So Sky. take a few writing it's classes. It's a fascinating take though. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm <laughs> no, like it's, it's 100% it's, valid. It's, 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 it's such don't... an, un, like an unfamiliar one to like me having grown up, you know, with people talking. I like, I remember the first time you were telling me this years ago and I was like, what the, what the hell is this guy babbling on about? But no, it's, you know, it's true, though, because it, it, it's always interesting when you when you run into someone who's got a vastly different take than the one that you've heard echoed around you. And it's really I, I wouldn't say like talking with Nikki over the years has made me like dislike the movies more, but I've definitely seen it more critically in terms of like seeing like, oh, yeah, they're unnecessary. I still love them to all hell, but they're certainly, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even say unnecessary because it's like 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 necessary is a is a moving target right like if if totally if, if it if it hit you then it was necessary right like and i think that's like it that's just for me like i again i did not i did not emotionally need them so like yeah. i it's harder for me to i completely can grab and connect i mean it's but, so easy for the four of us to go to star wars because that's how we all know each other is primarily because of star wars mm-hmm. but what you are saying is what people have said about solo and I think that Solo is probably the ultimate example of like, we didn't need that. And then I'm over here like, I mean, you're right, but I loved it. 
So it, it sort yeah. of like has that. Because um, we don't need anything, honestly. We don't need anything. You don't need, any of like, don't need yeah. anything. Yeah. Especially like, nothing past a first movie. Yeah. Like yeah. when people are like sitting here, again, with Star Wars, like, do we need this? Do we? It's like, that's irrelevant. That's an irrelevant topic. Well, I, I don't be, know. I think I think there's a certain show Disney Plus needs to get one billion dollars. Oh, one billion. Over the next <laughs> one billion, billion space dollars. dollars. <laughs> yeah. How could you ever say that Star Killer wouldn't get two hundred million new subscribers? Um, yeah. And I, like, <laughs> yeah, and like, as, you know, just as a fan, like, I I don't like really, I don't like being in a position of talking about things that don't stick with me. Like, it's it's not like. I don't like doing that, to be honest. Oh, you mean like people that will cover a show that they clearly don't like for the entire yeah. season? Yeah, funny how they do that. For but, their articles? Yeah, yeah usually, usually when something is less That's important, awesome. it just happens. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like I, tried, I try very hard to not, to only speak from my point of view. I, mm-hmm. I, I desperately do not want to devalue these. Um, no, for sure. For anyone. So and again, like, that's like, I mean, we all love, pirates we love star wars we love marvel like these are things that are so big that it's especially as every time you add an installment the odds of you liking all of them go down you know like we yeah. talked about we talked about rise earlier like tori you've said it very eloquently like you don't like that movie but you also have the perspective of like it was only a matter of time until something did i've land never not liked anything else so yeah. so it's Whatever. like and I, it'll happen happens. someday yeah. it hasn't happened for me in it's star gonna wars yeah it's gonna happen and that's the happen. impressiveness of the the mcu is that it's yeah. on such a long streak of that not happening for me i know a lot of people do have mcu movies they don't like and that's totally valid um but it is it's uh it, it, it's interesting to just to analyze as, as a franchise yeah. because this just, also is like a... Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I, I just want to say like the, the sort of last thing that I think encompasses this again for me is just to throw it to bootstrap again really quickly. Like the conversation... The conversation... So, so important. Between, so you just like just ripping on bootstrap. No, no. This is where the whole movie falls apart. No. He lost his son. He's no. part of a ship. Is he not suffered enough? Part of the ship? Part of the crew? I mean, it's... it's so much. Look, <laughs> let me just talk about this fanfic character. Um, okay, so hey, okay, listen, fanfic is good though. That's fine There's too. A lot of good yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But, but it, should it be put on a screen? I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, Maybe sometimes who's, who's banging who? That's, say some <laughs> of these movies are very successful. Yeah. Um, okay, so just again. The, the, my, I feel like Bootstrap so well encompasses my whole feeling because it's like that scene where Pintel and Rigetti are explaining Bootstrap and what and his like moral stand to Will in the first one. Like that to me was so powerful and was just like, that's it. Like you don't need anything else. Yeah. Like you just don't. Um, it, it's like, sort of like, again, it's so hard to not put everything in, in these fucking star wars terms but it's it's talking about jabba versus inserting his scene into new hope mm-hmm. you know like hearing like you owe jabba money is has enough of that gangster storytelling quality where you're like oh shit like what is this and so you hear him bootstrap that first one i mean again i like that he's in two and three but there is something to that first one before so you he know plays a he pretty is. key part in three though so yeah three he's yeah, three where he's more like, already brainwashed and he's he's just sort of losing him. But 
and you and you get the great comedy bit of bootstraps bootstraps <laughs> remember how we we talked a lot about like specific line deliveries like yeah. that is that's one that will never leave bootstraps that's, bootstraps that's the, yeah. that's the now go like yeah. it's the it's the <laughs> it's the bootstraps bootstraps it's like muttered under the breath it's like he's so pleased with himself yeah. while he's saying mm-hmm. it. so again it's just like like you told me everything i needed to know about bootstrap bill in that yeah. scene and and it, it's just like yeah like that expansion it's just like i just didn't need it um so I like part I, of it is also that yeah again tori you brought up a great point of like if this came out now what would be talked about what would be argued about i think that these movies would not that they are on the same like level of scrutiny of marvel and star wars but this these movies in particular the three would be lambasted i think for not being a cohesive trilogy because it almost feels like they made one and then they made oh, a yeah. duology that's how and, i feel and roped yeah. one into the trilogy that's um, how i feel because you know davy's not there's no davy lore or anything in that first one the only thing that carries over is barbosa for two seconds and bootstrap bill turner and sort of the stuff that happens there so it, it's sort of retroactively makes the first one part of this trilogy um but even then this one has lines of like you know uh elizabeth telling cutler beckett like he'll never get the aztec gold and he's like oh you think i'm looking for the il de muerta no i have no interest in cursed gold like it it kind of immediately is like yeah that first one was kid shit welcome to the real magic like it it sort of levels it up in that way but I could see why people would say like it's a it's the, very uh, lopsided Infinity trilogy. Stone paperweights, you know. That was the um, yeah. Perhaps, honestly, yeah. Perhaps Leader Snoke should commission a clone army. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like, or whatever the exact phrase is. It's like yeah, we're gonna reference it, but we ain't playing that game. Yeah, yeah. So I think it is a it is a lopsided. This movie makes it a lopsided trilogy by being so closely tied with two, and then you when you get to four, you're like oh, I guess we're in the post-trilogy movies now, but really it feels like a return to form. But then five is like, wait, they didn't they didn't like four. So let's put David Jones here at the end. <laughs> so it, it, it ends up being like, and we're even, back to the trilogy. I don't think I actually liked five like a ton. Like I didn't hate it, but yeah, it was all worth it for that ending. So I loved five, man. The ending is great. I think ending it just definitely at the like, right time in life. The ending of two though, with Barbosa. That is kind of a Marvel moment before Marvel moments, you know? Like that is kind a, of, yeah, actually, a crowd-pleasing... Yeah, right. It's the first time I can remember... That's not true, because Revenge of the Sith was the year before. I had heard people audibly gasp and, and react to things in Revenge of the Sith, um, probably the first time where I heard people, like, kind of disturbed by what they were seeing, like, oh, God. Like, um, but, you know, because as Anakin burned, I was sitting there like, wow and like i hear i you know i heard some kids like actively not not happy about it but the uh the barbosa time was the first one that i heard adults like be really surprised like my uncle took me and it was a couple of my uncle's friends and they were like oh shit like like how cool it was to suddenly have that setup before you know we had nick fury before the audiences were trained to always expect there to be something where right? is the where is the lead-in for the next thing like where is it yeah, yeah. were like, there post-credit ah. scenes there is i can't remember there were movie. yeah pirates were the first to introduce the pirates too has the post-credit scene. scene of the the dog with the keys is with the, that's, that's right. right that's right, right. Okay. Run, running from them. he's like their new their new god 
Um, I believe The Ringer wrote an in-depth article, of course, about how pirates <laughs> post-credit scenes walk so Marvel post-credit scenes could run. Because that's The Ringer for you. They can write about whatever the hell they want. Didn't Chamber of Secrets <laughs> have a... Was that a post-credit scene or was that like a DVD extra? Oh, um, I feel like that was... I don't what know. What was it? Is it the... Is it, it was the, the uh, Gilderoy, Gilderoy Lockhart. Lockhart. Yeah. On the yeah. It's, it's the book cover where it says, Who Am I? And yeah. he's in the straight jacket. And it's, I think it's, that was in a DVD. Yeah, I, think I can't recall it. I, I think it's post-credits, but it could be because of ABC Family. Because ABC Family plays extended Harry Potter cuts. No yeah. one talks about that when they ever do Harry Potter weekend, probably because it's not really in vogue to be talking about Harry Potter anymore, but the, for good reason. Um, but there are times where I've seen those on TV and there are shots where I'm like, I've never seen that before. And, mm-hmm. and it and turns out they've, they placed extended editions. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I would even say that, for, first of all, to, the, to whoever wrote that at the ringer, Let's be clear. Ferris Bueller invented the post credit scene. All right. Actually, I'm looking even before Ferris, Ferris Bueller. <gasps> the first film to feature a post credit scene is The Silencer. Casablanca 2 <laughs> was set up but never paid off. Uh, the Silencer, you said it's called? The Silencers, yes. And then the Muppet movie had a post-credit scene as well in 70, wow. 1979 where the Muppets were oh, watching themselves yeah. the whole time. The history of the Stinger. <laughs> Dude, I love the Muppets, man. The Muppets are... There needs to be a Muppets oh, and the Caribbean f- crossover. I forgot Airplane had a really good one too. They followed the, <laughs> the guy who was still in the taxi when the cab... <laughs> oh, <laughs> at the end of everything... <laughs> That's but there great. is Muppet Treasure Island we can watch, Alden. Muppet Treasure Island. That's right. Oh, we should Muppets on one and done. Because oh, there's oh, way yeah. more than three. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We need that, that quality. Treasure Island's my personal favorite of the Muppets. Muppets I mean, if you, if you, I mean, it's hard to top. I think we would just all jump to that. I don't even know I, which one I would remotely try to gaunt. Maybe. The arguments can be made, I think, for Take Manhattan and the Jason Siegel one, the modern one. I, I thought the Christmas Carol is pretty popular. Oh yeah. Mm, oh yeah. yeah Tori, do you have any Muppets takes while we're not really? I don't mean to break anyone's heart here, but I am not a Muppets person. That's okay. That's, that's fine. okay. Yeah, I don't. I think I've only seen like two of. I don't know who hurt you, but that's okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let me tell I was you. Too busy obsessing over pirates and Star Wars, Van Helsing, and Lord of the Rings, and Van Helsing. There you go. So <laughs> that filled my Pure metal. Pure metal. She was a metal, metal kid, man. I was a little Van Helsing. Van Helsing in theater is a fucking ride. Dude, that movie. Tori, my goal is to get Van Helsing on the show. If you ever want me to talk about Van Helsing, yeah, But the problem is that it's not in a franchise, so I'm just going to... There's literally... I'm just no, gonna count I thought, it we, I thought we I thought we agreed. Yeah, that if we if we were to universal do something monsters. not universal, I was you could or, do like yeah, the modern or ones. just do Dracula. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, can yeah. even do you can Van Helsing, do, like, more modern, Dracula yeah, more Untold, modern. and yeah. Tom Cruise Mummy. <laughs> Dracula Untold. Okay, two of those movies are great. <laughs> Is Dracula Untold good? I never watched it. I loved it. Yeah, Dracula I Untold. Went in expecting it to be absolute crap, and it was great. It is was a very is, good. is a beautiful movie. <laughs> Dracula Untold is one of those movies that if you were at the certain state of mind when you saw it then and you were watching it with other strangers who were very vocal about what was going on oh that yeah was, you have this whole story about this such movie, a good you? one that was such what? a good one i feel like i was i think we were sitting next to some very inter- like very like vocal people in the theater as were well were you in texas when you saw i know actually i was in florida but wow, I, if I, only you, know you could have been watching it, yeah, it with my dracula untold experience was very good because there were people that were doing funny commentary 
It may be like it no takes joke. a certain type of person to go. I think. Yeah, like only awesome <laughs> people went to go see it because it was not a full <laughs> full theater at all. I mean that I, it no no kidding. Dracula told like top ten, maybe top five movie theater experience for me. <laughs> Really? Wow. wow. Okay. I needed it. I really needed it. needed it with what was going on in life. I won't. I won't spill that all here on on the show where we're talking you about never Pirates know. of the it might, Caribbean. It might, in, it might be on the show. You don't want to give away that content. I'm gonna give away the content. You know who knows? We'll, we'll save it. Oh man, that's great. That's great. Um, so before we end up dancing around other franchises like Universal Horror and Muppets and everything, um, not that tangents are not welcome because movies are movies and that's that's sort of what we do on the show is find those connections and see where things take us. Um, I think plot-wise, we've covered pretty much everything. Like we, We've touched on beginning, middle, end of the movie, talked about some favorite things. Um, one action thing I did want to highlight before we go is that probably one of the most uh, best uses of like good ramping up pace action and then a nice slowdown moment is uh, Jack returning to fire the rifle at the hanging barrels of, of gunpowder and alcohol and everything oh, yeah, yeah. when they're trying to blow up the, the tent. And that's such a underlines and highlights the stakes of the movie, right? Because you can't, you can't beat this thing and all they could do was kind of hurt it and buy themselves some time. Um, which leads to the last thing I wanted to touch on before we started to wrap, which is how did you feel seeing it back then as a kid? And how do you feel about it now that this movie ends in that very sexual betrayal of of Jack? Because I was (laughs) flabbergasted in theaters. I could not believe what I was seeing. I think young me, I think that really got me going. You know, what was this, 2006? Yeah. Yeah, so I just see, so Van Helsing was a little bit of like, a, let's just say like a, an awakening for me. Um, <laughs> in certain That's ways. being an awakening. <laughs> um, no, I How think that, <laughs> that I think to me was like shocking, like so shocking. And I think also like, I think really, and this time as I'm watching it, very like, and like as I'm older watching it, like very invested in Elizabeth's reaction and reaction afterwards. Like when I watched it, I rewatched today. I kind of, I kind of tried to rewatch it through the lens of like not knowing what happens. And it's very, very like I just remember being so consumed with like, does she actually love Jack? Like what's going on here? Like it was such an interesting dynamic that they set up and was so cleverly done at the end that you still kind of didn't have an answer here. You know, like, I think obviously, like, her first thing was self-preservation, you know, but she's so torn up about it. And that's kind of, you know, clearly leads into the very interesting third movie and everything that goes on with her and Will and, like, kind of this. You're almost kind of feeling like how Will does in a, a little They're bit. super salty for of the first like, half of that third one. Yeah, well, but his whole thing is, is, like, he thought she was, like, in love with him, but, like, no, she just felt really bad, you know? She just felt really bad, but she also, she, I think she wanted... You know, she says earlier in the second act, like, something about tasting it. Like, when she's taunting Jack uh, and flirting with him a bit on the ship and where they the almost movie? kiss. In the second one. The second one, sorry. Okay. And they, they're almost, they almost kiss in the second act and, you know, when they're on the, on the Black Pearl together. So it almost feels <laughs> like... Stop it. <laughs> it almost feels like this kiss sort of had, like, a little bit of, like... So I can finally know what that would be like, but also just Well, exactly. That. Yeah, that's exactly it. Because I do think there is a part of her that's like, well, maybe. It I, consumed I've, my thoughts for years. Anyway. It's, it's <laughs> funny. I've, I've been sitting here and it's been consuming my thoughts trying to remember like what I thought of it. And like, I actually think like it didn't phase me one way or the other in the moment. 
like I may have thought like at best like good strategy girlfriend like that like that yeah I mean you it. gotta applaud her for that like, like it was a very brilliant move it got tickets, him away tickets it's funny it was one of those things that I actually like forgot after going a while without like watching it because it was this one actually was my least favorite of, of them for a while that where I would just watch the first and the third one and be like oh I'll just like cross the bridge oh yeah and like it took me like probably like I don't know uh, four or five years after seeing it in theaters like oh I forgot she did that so yeah it's really interesting yeah that it, it did not phase me at all and even even in the the rewatch oh it's funny this is kind of some background information I did not watch this scene when we were doing the recording because my computer died in the middle of us doing this episode and oh, I had yeah, to transition right. to another I that. so I it was almost dead, so I turned off the movie, and I was transitioning to a different computer that had really, a really old one. So I was able to join the recording, but I couldn't watch the show at the same time. So if you listen to that episode, I'm like trying to react to Alden and Nikki based on where they are in the uh, in the movie, and <laughs> just That's throw right. in some random unrelated. I think I started so talking about ranking ships or something. We're fucking pros, though. We're, fucking we're just good, yeah. So there's pros. a little behind the scenes things. So I don't know how. That's I what the off season's for. I think in tricks. the. Uh, I think you had to leave for uh, like a meeting or something too in the rejects episode, and no one would I ever did, know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. No. Flaw, flawless, flawless editing. Like, oh, Reed got really quiet. No, I'm just. What, what um, can you say we're we're champs. Yeah, I, I I also probably am with you where I, I think I I did see it as a moment of strategy, but I also because I was a child, I talked about how it shocked me so much in theaters. What shocked me is wasn't really the romance aspect, even though I did think that Kira Knightley was like. You know, obviously super beautiful like i'm coming off of loving padme for two movies at that point uh in theaters and i you know so aside from like wow she's i, I love english girls like i love english girls with over overbites uh a thing that would be a trend uh for the rest, for I, got, rest I got life. i got one third so does hollywood baby <laughs> <laughs> so does dude i tell you kira knight you talk about talk about walked and ran kira knightley walked so daisy ridley could run uh, and also Felicity Jones, like Disney and their British women with overbites. They are all about it. Um, but yeah, I, what shocked me is that I thought this was a villain turn as a kid, you know, as, as a child, I had never seen a good guy betray a good guy that way. Maybe Lando, but I grew up knowing that they saved Han and Lando helped, but seeing this and the movie goes out on that note when they're all with Tia Dalma at the end and you know, it's like, would you go to the ends of the earth to save your precious Jack? And they're all like, I, you know, like Captain Jack, he was, he was a man of virtue. He was. And then she's like, he was a good man. I was like, you shut up. Like I remember as a kid being like, you shut up. You sold him you don't out. You get to say that. You're a villain. You don't get to come on the, on the voyage to the end of the earth. Like I was so. How dare you stand so where you stand. Look, she made a calculated decision. I respect and, the game now. Yeah, respect yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah, now. I, th- I I remember being really upset, though, about Jack. Like, I was like, oh, dang, like, hope he's yeah. okay. I was, yeah, I was legitimately um, very, very, uh, very bummed out about that entire thing. Um, that Also, with the kind of the knowledge that there would be, like, more because the, I mean, clearly was, they were setting it up yeah yeah with with barbosa but yeah oh i was so angry because like this is young alden that like watched wrestling and still thought the storylines were real at you know back in 2006 because i'm like nine or ten and i was like i cannot believe that she just went evil like this 
she's gonna she's a villain now. I can't can't be trusted. But yeah. I'm just picturing the wrestling comparison. I would love the idea if characters could jump franchises like wrestlers can jump like promotions. Yeah. <laughs> like it's all of a sudden like Elizabeth Swan's like bounces from contract negotiations with Pirates of the Caribbean and all of a sudden like she's just picked up and now in Star Wars, but in, you know, in character. Oh yeah, she would be Elizabeth Swan and Kira would run Crimson Dawn together, I think. <laughs> and Elizabeth Swan, like, as Pirate King in, in the third movie, ascending the ranks and everything. Elizabeth like, would, like, manage the Crimson Fleet. Oh, shit. With ships. She'd be Commodore. Commodore Swan. Commodore Swan. And she would have a, like, similar to a Darksaber, but more like a, like a cut, a cut uh, what do you say? Do you say cutglass? Cutglass? Cutlass. Cutlass? A cutlass? Cutlass? A cutlass. Yeah, there hasn't been a cutlass saber. Well, not a saber. Um, I would say like Ezra Bridger's kind of has almost like the guard or whatever. That's true. So does Skier. Oh yeah, you can see that. Kira's like vibroblade things in the comic. Oh yeah, yeah. that's where it was like those mm -hmm. like rapier handles. She even kills Dryden with a sword. That's true. Of sorts. Yeah. What a woman. Her new weapons are so cool. Like they're kind of like a scrim of sticks mixed with swords, mixed with vibro like it's so rad um so yeah so uh nikki if you want to begin the wrap-up thoughts if you have anything else that sticks out to you about the movie it's been a fun um, exploration yeah and it, and it was a fun exploration to watch it again because yeah like they're they're not ones i've revisited as as much so it was of course great to watch them it was great to i of course did pick on stranger tides for the reject so i i'm not without some love <laughs> for for what is after uh the black pearl um so yeah no it's always great to talk about them again like for whatever i i don't connect to i still find them super enjoyable um it's it's always good i'm i'm fool maybe foolishly excited for what is like in the future of pirates like we don't we don't really we only know some names attached to the things but like you know i'll still be there i'll be there to watch them um, so I, I hope, I hope they're, um, they keep up that same level of, you know, the, the same attitude of fun and, and dynamic, like dynamic characters and all that good stuff. So I hope that's the case for pirates excited for, for what, what remains. And, and then, yeah, it was great to, great to revisit the franchise with you guys here today. And, um, I'm I'm curious to see what else we uh we cover from season one and then as we get into season two, all the amazing things we have picked there. I, I like I personally think the season two lineup is stronger. Um so what? Your first lineup was so good. The really? first lineup was good. It's stronger it's because pirates yeah. isn't in it, isn't it? That's what <laughs> <it is. laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but, season two trailer, Tori, at at the time of the recording. You haven't seen it, but people that are listening can see it. It's it slaps. Tori, you'll you'll approve. No, don't worry, you'll approve. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> well, t- well t- I'll send it to you. Yeah, we'll play it for you air. when we finish up. But okay, uh, okay yeah. <laughs> uh, Reed and Tori, you guys want to help round it out here on your final thoughts? Whoever wants to go first. Okay, I, I guess I guess it'll be me. You know. If season one of the One and Done Film Club deserved any subtitle, which I, I feel like it's bad luck to subtitle a first season of anything, you have to do that for later ones. 
Um, just look at Survivor, for instance. I don't know why I picked that one because it's in. There's sometimes in the Caribbean. Who knows? Anyhow, I mean, if, if there's a subtitle for the first season, it's definitely swashbuckling. And the fact that and it's not just because you know we have pirates three times. All the movies we watch, truly astounding. You know, they're great sweeping romantic adventures in some version or another. And you know, I think that the Pirates franchise, if you had to pick a franchise that is the one and done franchise of the first season, it is Pirates of the Caribbean, not just because we talked about it a bunch, but because I think it really touches upon a lot of the spirit that all the films had. I mean, the intersectionality of, you know, history and magic, like what we see with, you know, Indiana Jones or seeing, you know, ships like Voyage of the Dawn Treader, which is a truly great movie right there. You know, the idea of, you know, non-conventional romances and, and, and hearts being split um, and, and, and people being kind of rescued from the slavery of what, you know, maybe not literal slavery in the case of Anakin, you know, being a slave free to go off to be a Jedi, but we see, you know, how you know, Elizabeth Swan, the slavery of being, you know, a woman in, you know, 17th century, 17th, 18th century, you know, Caribbean getting to be you know, adventure and there's all these themes I think Pirates of the Caribbean touches maybe I'm reaching here you could probably say the same for all of these movies that's the magic of you know subjective analysis but it was super cool to talk about it further and I think it's a, it's a great bow to everything that we have um, sailed through collectively there we go um i want to say thanks so much for having me when we talk about one of my favorite movies um but no um yeah i think that you know the more we talk about it today thinking about you know star wars and like all the other things that you know indiana jones like like reed said like it definitely has so many of those elements that i think make something really really special um that are kind of common amongst all of them and so yeah, I mean, I think it stands above and is my favorite uh, Pirates movie for the reasons of um, really that world building and that design. And, you know, of course, Davy Jones is in the third one. So sure, we can make that argument, I'm sure, for that as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. But really, I think it I think for me, it was very groundbreaking story wise to see such a cool villain to see maybe more morally ambiguous characters. I think that's also a big draw with me with pirates is kind of, you know, and, and again, of course this is all subjective, but hearing you talk about see like Elizabeth talking with Jack of like, you know, I can't believe a good guy did that to another good guy. And in my head, I was thinking to myself, yeah, but like the more I watched it as a kid, like, are they good guys? We're kind of in the middle. That's true. Dang. So it's all it's that's all true. about yeah. So I think that's also been a really interesting journey for me. I guess not if you're a narc is watching this. <laughs> 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 of course, I would say generally yes, they're good. They're good. They're the good that we see. But like really and truly, like very very morally ambiguous. And and I think adding to that kind of universe of not everything is black and white when people do things. Leverage, baby. And make decisions. <laughs> yes. It's just, as Beckett said, not in this movie, it's just good business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And God, God damn, did I hold back on the quotes in this movie. One of the most quotable films, one of the most quotable franchises of all time. Uh, Oh, absolutely. I say stuff all the time. (laughs) It's just every scene, every line, every character. So I had a great time revisiting this with all of you. Um, Having our first guest be somebody that I, I trust implicitly, um, to bring the goods. Uh, it was a great time. Loved having you. Uh, loved having you uh, to in, in, in a more freeing environment than maybe sometimes uh, our normal shows are. Uh, <laughs> that goes across the board for everybody where 
one and done film club is is literally you know has that clubhouse energy to it that i love and it was great to dive into such a fun and and um and swashbuckling franchise in, in this in this free and, and energetic environment and uh, yeah very very exciting so we're gonna wrap now thanks for visiting this first uh, in paradise uh, spinoff episode <laughs> uh which i think honestly might be the name because it's just too funny uh i think that it was a great time perfect guest perfect conversation and uh let's start plugging away we will start um with nikki on this one if you want to let everybody know where they can find you and then we'll round robin it yeah uh, you can just follow me at twitter at Nikwishis, N-A-Q-U-I-C-I-O-U-S. Um, then you can also hear me on the Imperial Senate podcast on Twitter. That is at Pod. You can find that in Apple Podcasts and YouTube if you're feeling some Bad Batch retrospective. Um, but we'll, we'll actually eventually have both the audio on the podcast feed for those uh, Bad Batch episodes as well. Um, and then you can listen to some more um, projects I do through the Imperial Senate podcast Patreon, one of which is with Reed here, um, known as the Sacred Jedi Bricks, where it's very much like one and done. We watch some Star Wars and talk about it at the same time. The only difference is we are watching these for the first time in, in most cases. Um, so that, that's fun. We, we cover all the Lego stuff. Um, I got the Yub Nub Club, a new show. Um, first guest was man present here, Alden Diaz. Uh, you might know him, and um, <laughs> that was a damn good episode too. That was, that was a good myself. time. The Up Nub Club is very no rules. Um, <laughs> then, Ooh, then uh, I got a Imperial Senate Fantasy Premier League show uh, for anyone who is a Imperial Senate fan and a Premier League fan. And then also going to be throwing some animation love on the uh, the Patreon as well with a a show covering every animated show so that'll more more details for that will will emerge but um yeah that's where you can find me now and then reed where can people find you over in uh your neck of the woods in my neck of the woods uh at least at the time of the recording uh my personals are still largely down but you can follow my show account uh the babble bubble uh at y2k babble on uh twitter or you can uh, do on Instagram, the Babble Bubble. I'm currently working on some interesting collaborations with the guys from It's True, All of It, a Star Wars podcast, uh, cool Australian Star Wars fans, which we've talked a lot about how Australia makes the best Star Wars fans, as we all know and love. And uh, my, phone number, if you, my phone number, if you want to text me, is 512-916-5834. So just hit, hit your boy up. Actually, no, that's the office. That, 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 that's the office of Ted Cruz. Please call his <laughs> office and say whatever nasty things to him he, he rightfully deserves. Again, that's 512-916-5834. Hit Please your contact boy, Ted your representatives up. and tell them that you like Dead Man's Chest. <laughs> <laughs> please tell ya. Please. <laughs> No, we but I really uh, do contact your representatives. I think that's a great thing to say at the end of at the end of these episodes. Like, please definitely uh, be proactive. Um, I'm surprised. Speaking of, you know, uh, uh, putting yourself out there and, and Dead Man's Chest. I'm so shocked that we didn't talk about Dead Man's Chest Girl this entire episode. That viral video. Oh, the girl that I was like, this is my. I would be this girl's best friend. Yeah, the, like the girl that her whole like party weekend was. Have you ever watched Parts of the Journey and Dead Man's Chest? Because it's, it's a standalone film. Her, it's just clips of her talking about yeah how great the cgi is and oh. yeah you like cgi 
uh, love her. Um, so yeah, uh, this is going to be fun because normally I plug uh, all my stuff, Octo Radio, and I, I can only talk about Tori's show, uh, but now we can do a nice little uh, two-hander here. So um, you can find me personally, uh, Alden Diaz, at AD underscore Strider on Twitter, A period, D period Strider on Instagram. On Octo Radio uh, proper, the, uh, the one-on-one interview show, the original show, um, which is me, and that's uh, talking about um, everyone's Star Wars origin stories, backgrounds, different uh, perspectives. And uh, recently we had um, uh, Chris Ryans from Baraxian was on the show. Daniel Jose Older of, of Lucasfilm and the Higher Public was on the show. Uh, Taya Miller, who's you know, a TikTok celebrity, and, and, and she came on. And um, more stuff coming down the pike, as well as uh, Nikki and I doing the oh my god i have i have both of you in once in one space this is oh my unprecedented goodness. um actually no it's not because we did we had each other on the bad bad show but uh nikki and i are going to be diving into our rebels rewatch at the time of this releasing Ooh. uh next week it's probably already out or it's about to be um on a rewatch between worlds and then it's also the home to our sister show hosted by tori and that's the mandatory and create so tori you can tell people about that and what's coming up yeah, you can follow the Octo Radio stuffs to to hear about my uh my podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> this is not well said at all. Yes, you can follow um Octo Radio. My podcast, the Mediterranean Creed, is on that feed as well. Um, I am doing a Star Tours thing. I promise it's coming. Um, I just uh, really want to do it justice and have been going through some life transitions. So, uh, you know, that's coming. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at The Mandatorian. That's The Mandalorian with an, a T instead of the L. Um, and on there as well is uh, you can find links to my shop, Creature Cartel, where I do fun Star Wars inspired uh, accessories. And uh, also my Patreon, where I'm making fun things and uh teaching you how to make fun things through tutorials all right and there it is so for me everyone here in the club read nikki tori our first guest next time we will catch you i believe with a little bit of a harry potter retrospective but for now we have to close it out just like one hector barbosa by asking a really important question that closed this movie so tell me what's become of my ship goodbye Keep up with Nikki, Reed, and Alden on Twitter over at One and Done Show. That's the word one, the letter N, done, and show all together. There you'll find updates, movie conversations, and more. Also find the One and Done Film Club across all of your podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and more. And lastly, be sure to pick up your popcorn buckets and other trash as you exit theater. See you next time.